Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 267 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Renee Hoxson. Renee lives in Normal, Illinois, and she is a retired registered nurse and also a women's health coach. Welcome, Renee. Hi, Jen. Thank you. Good to be here. Great to talk to you today. And you know I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Do you want the most current or do you want to go back? We want it all. Okay. Maybe I need to start with a new beginning question. Say it. I've, yeah. I've just said it. I know. What is this, 267? I've said it 267 yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. And I know. And, and if you have a start and a stop and a start and a stop with this sort of thing, I mean, my my first experience with intermittent fasting goes back to 2000, 
11. Why don't we go all the way back? Tell us okay. about your whole history. Okay. Well, let me tell you. Okay. My, my whole history is that I've never been a big person, and but I've always wanted to fit well in my clothes and feel good. But I mean, as a kid, I was scrawny and 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 never had a problem. And and like every woman I've heard on your podcast, you know, I look back in pictures and I'm like, what in the world were you thinking? And I, I have to laugh when I listen to your episodes about all the things that women had did. And I, I was thinking back how do you, I did like those AIDS candies. Oh, candies, I remember those. The that chocolate was things. A-Y-D-S. A-Y-D-S. Yeah. And I also did, I had to keep some notes because I go back so far. I did Dexatrim. Yes, I remember that. And the funny thing about Dexatrim, they took that off the market because it caused strokes in oh my people. Gosh. Is but, it still on the market just in a new form? Well, it might be, but I'll tell you what we you we our dog had a little uh, piddle problem, you know? Yeah. And so the vet put her on this Proin, which is Dexatrim in a oh very, God. very small dose, which I thought was so funny. But I also did the Cambridge diet. Did you ever I've do that? I've heard of that. Tell me what it, that one it was. was a, it was a shakes. It was meal replacement. And I think it was probably my my the summer after my freshman year in college, which of course, you know, you always gain weight. And actually, that I, I just looked it up recently. They took that off the market because it, it was attributed to um, several deaths. Oh my gosh. So when, when did you, when were you in college? I was in college from 81 to 85. Okay. So you're just right before me. Yeah. That's what I was just wondering. So yeah, I remember hearing about the Cambridge diet, yeah. but I didn't try it at that time. But yeah, yeah. the things that we do for, oh. for weight loss, my mother-in-law at one point had her jaw wired shut. Oh my goodness. To lose weight. Wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. I didn't know her at that time. And yeah. Um, we're we're estranged, yeah. so I won't go into oh, a lot of details oh, oh. in general. Oh, but former, that I'm a former mental health nurse. Well, no. <laughs> she can let that ship is sailed. Anyway, no, um, that's probably the craziest thing I've ever heard of is having your mouth wired shut. Yeah. But people yeah, that, that goes to show how desperate we are. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't want to throw my own mom under the bus. I mean, she's 87 years old now, but she she really struggled with weight my whole life. So, and I have four sisters. You know, we all watched, we all saw her struggle, and I'd say we've all tried to be our best through the years. Kind of fast forward, our youngest daughter was diagnosed with several autoimmune disorders when she was 11. That was back in like oh, that was 09. I had previously been listening to Dr. Joe Mercola. He's a DO out of Florida, and he always talked about intermittent fasting. And I, I was fascinated by that. And at the same time, I was working for an integrative child psychiatrist. And so I was exposed to all of this new information and about really, you know, taking control of your own health and not relying on the medical system. And here I was a practicing registered nurse, you know, so I was really going against the grain. We did all integrative for our daughter. And I thought, you know, I'm going to give this, he's talking about intermittent fasting. I'm going to give this a try. So 2011 then is when I really did intermittent fasting for the first time because my husband and I were going to Hawaii for the first time. I did intermittent fasting and then we both did P90X and we got totally <laughs> ripped. I mean, we looked amazing. It was That's crazy. So funny. 
P90X, I remember that. Is that still around? Probably. It was like Tony Horton, I'm sure. I don't know. Yeah. It was like a big working out. Like, oh, it's every day. I mean, and we were like religious about it. It was so funny. But we got ripped. I mean, I had like abs. I bet with P90X plus intermittent fasting. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. And this is when it really went sour. I took the notion of intermittent fasting and I did my own thing. Very uneducated. I, you know, I, I thought I knew what I was doing, but really I was restricting. We didn't know anything in 2011. So I know. Like, yeah. I, the first I heard of intermittent fasting was like probably 09. And we really didn't know any best practices. People were like, yeah, just this year, just eating less in a period of yes. time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, like I said, I it, I didn't I didn't even attempt to dig deep at that time, but I ended up I just wouldn't eat. I if I if it was out of my window and I hadn't eaten anything, and I know I've done longer fasts now with intermittent fasting, but I messed up my gut big time. And then uh, right after that, the next several years, probably I did it, and then I stopped doing it because my gut was just a wreck. What part of it do you think messed up your gut? I think my gut being empty for so long. I didn't develop an ulcer, but I had terrible reflux. And then on top of that, my life got very, very stressful. I was in a very, very stressful job. I worked with child and adolescent psychiatric nursing and my parents' health started to decline. And I, all, all of my sisters, we were probably all very stressed out at that time. And then menopause started to start to rear up a little bit, but I ballooned out. So I, my ideal weight, when I go to my doctor, I always say, you know, my ideal weight is 115 pounds. And she kind of rolls her eyes, you know, <laughs> I love her. How tall are you? I'm 5'1". Okay. Yeah. And, but at that time I was pushing like 128, 129 pounds and on a small frame, like I've got the, I've got like the wrists of a fifth grader. Do you know what I mean? I mean, just really small, I'm small boned and 129 is a lot of weight on this body. In fact, I was looking at pictures. My mom's got one of those Aurora, what the frames where we can send pictures to it. Okay. Yeah. So I was just at her apartment and I, this one picture came up and I went, oh, that's that, that's that year, 2017. I hated, it It looks like my arms don't even go down to my sides. Like, I know what you mean. It's you like, know what I mean? You feel, like I described the pictures of me when I was 210 pounds as if someone had like inflated me with a balloon. Yeah. Like that's my yeah. whole body yeah. felt inflated. Like it was inflated like a balloon. Yeah. So yeah. I can just imagine your arms felt like they were inflated. and Oh, yeah. yeah. They just wouldn't, you know. And in fact, I use a picture from 2017 for a before and after. I just looked horrible. Of course, my younger sister says, well, your bad haircut didn't help at all, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. And it was bad. <laughs> all of that just came to the poor practices. I started at a deficit, got into stress, got into fluctuating hormones. I ended up going to a functional medicine doctor because I just could not, I could not get this weight to turn around at all. And I felt so sick. I had no energy and it was, it was, uh, it was a bad time. So that kind of brings me to 2019. I started to 
to, to feel some better physically. And then I decided that I would start with exercise. So I got into a great power walking program. My weight was not budging. Finally, I decided that in 2020, mid 2020, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give that intermittent fasting one more try. And just, I started to educate myself a little bit more, still, still hadn't read any of your books at that point. So mid 2020, I started with an 11 to seven window and I was having bulletproof coffee every morning because I read that it does not break your fast. And I know that you're probably laughing because we both know that a clean fast is the way to go. But I continued with fasting with my bulletproof and, and I actually did keto too. I was doing keto. Keto and I did not mix at all. I actually, I say keto makes me feel barfy. I could not, I didn't lose any weight. And even the the test strips did not show that I was hardly ever in ketosis. So that was disappointing. And that brought me to mid-2020. I decided that I really needed to give intermittent fasting a try a try again. And and I wasn't really any more educated, maybe a little bit more educated than the first time. I had not read anything by you yet, <laughs> and, which made all the difference. But I decided I'd do an 11 to 7 window. And I was very happy to hear that I could have bulletproof coffee and still be considered intermittent fasting. And I told everybody that I'm like, you can still have bulletproof. And, and I knew nothing about a clean fast and my weight did not budge. I also tried doing keto at that time, which I say keto makes me barfy because I can't get enough food in. It's just too rich. You know, that's the way I felt too when I would do keto. I felt yucky the whole time. I I know you've heard me say this before, but I also never lost weight with it, but it was just so hard. And I mean, it makes sense why you're not losing weight if you're putting in all that fat, right? And and that's what I was doing. I felt yucky and I was always hungry. And yeah. Yeah. And I was overwhelmed. I had like these charts on my cabinet doors, like for counting macros and and I was very overwhelmed. The test strips never said I was in ketosis. I don't really? know. Really? Yeah. I, I just, That's interesting. Yeah. Because usually, like, what'll happen is if you're drinking bulletproof coffee, especially, I mean, it, your body will make some ketones out of that. So that's, that's so interesting that your body never made ketones. Well, I should say it was always at the very low. I mean, I never felt like, yeah, it's a trace. Because when I was doing keto that whole summer of 2014 and not losing any weight, I mean, I was getting dark on the test strips and mm-hmm. I, I bought a breathalyzer. The, the mm-hmm. Ketonics was the brand at the time. You had to plug it in and wait for it to warm up and then blow it in. It would measure your breath ketones and I would get deep red, but all of it was from the fat I was ingesting. I'm pretty sure because I lost zero body fat. And yeah. you know, the, like you talked about macros, the advice was, well, just keep tweaking your macros. You probably need more fat. I'm like, well, okay, I'll try that. 
We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Yeah. That was not good advice, I think, back in 2014 or for you, 2020. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't work for me. A friend of mine, my my dearest friend, Stacy, she started uh, fasting. She's a great story. But anyway, she talked to me about the clean fast. And I, you know, I was kind of, you know, putting on my women's health coach pants all the time saying, well, no, you really can. You can have this, you know, but I thought "I'm, I'm not losing weight. I was still up and I thought, I'm going to give this a try. So I did. And it's been crazy. I mean, the weight started coming off. I started crunching my window, ran into a little bit of trouble with poor sleep. And that was really, that was really earth shattering for me. My window was too early in the day. And I know I've read so much about how it really is better, especially for people, I'm not diabetic or, or have insulin resistance, but for some people, it's better to have an early window in the day. But I push mine out. So I eat from- I'm going to say, I think that's theoretical better. I don't think that, like, that's all based on theoretical circadian rhythm and mm-hmm. insulin. There's some studies that show that we have a worse response in the evening to, like, like we our blood sugar response gets worse all day long, and so it's worse at night. But that's through the paradigm. That study was through the paradigm of people eating all day. Uh, so it makes sense to me that it would get worse all day if you're eating all day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. versus if you're just eating in the evening. So yeah. I don't I don't know that we have that specifically. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the theory of, oh, look, it gets worse all day. Therefore, it must be related to time of day. I mean, that's one theory and that could be it. But it also could be it gets worse the longer you eat throughout right. the day. Right. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm the same way. If, my, if I eat too early, then I can't sleep either. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, we need to sleep. So I think that's a very powerful way that your body is talking to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So moving my window to three to six or four to seven, I wouldn't want to go past seven, but I I, I ended up, I solved it. I sleep great. I have so much energy. I transformed my health coaching uh, based on this. So I worked with women with autoimmune. That was my niche. I have an autoimmune disorder. My youngest daughter at 11 was diagnosed with several. And what I learned is that most women, most women want to lose weight. Right. And I am fully convinced that intermittent fasting will correct a lot of the problems that women come to see me for. So now when people ask me what I do, I say I help middle-aged women lose weight and keep it off. I love that. Because it's the only way to keep it off because the women that come and sit in my office have tried everything and they're and they're still struggling with their weight or you know and they'll say well back in you know 2010 i lost 50 pounds but they're sitting in front of me with an extra 75 on them or something like that so i think this addresses everything and i honestly believe and my fellow health coaches would understand this that we know it's not all about food and it's not all about weight it's about so much more but i believe that if you can take the weight issue out of the picture and you can do it quickly with intermittent fasting, then we can drill down on all those other things that are bearing down on women and that. that they're struggling with. And But they can't, most women don't even want to admit that they want to lose weight. Yeah. I can see that if they're coming to you, they they are like, you know, of course, wanting to maybe to feel like they, they have to only talk about their health. But I mean, with me, it's always like, hey, Jen, why am I not losing weight? Yes. So they admit yes. it to me. But you've probably heard the saying, most people say that you have to lose weight to get healthy, but I would really think it's the opposite. You have to get healthy to lose mm-hmm. weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, intermittent fasting helps us get healthy. Absolutely. And, and that helps us to lose the weight. Yes, yes. And, and, for my, and then for my own journey, because now I'm at my ideal weight, I am all about that, how you say it's a health plan with a side effect of, of weight loss. I am all about the autophagy, and I'm, I cannot wait to get my labs done in November. But I'm all about, I guide women in fasting. I get the freedom, and I'm all about the freedom. If you want it, you can have, in fact, I, I just wrote a little ebook that called Eat the Dang Cheeseburger. And um, that'll be on my website. But, you know, I, as a health coach, I want them to feed their bodies. I mean, sugar's inflammatory. It doesn't matter if you have it in your window or, or you eat outside your window. It's still inflammatory. And we know inflammation drives all chronic illness. So I really push the, look, if you want to go crazy in your window, that's fine. Just get your nutrition up front then. So I'm like, you're like crowding it out. You know, we both went to Institute for Integrative Nutrition and that was a big part of what they, what that, Mm -hmm. that phrase Mm -hmm. crowded out. It means you put your nutrition in, you eat the foods that are highly nutritious, nourish your body, and then you have room for something, a treat, whatever. But you're, if you start with the treat, you're crowding mm-hmm. out the nutrients, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which you don't want to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And f- personally, for me, that's a huge issue because I fill up very quickly. 
So if I were to open my window with cookies and and chips and and all kinds of stuff, I'm not going to have much of an appetite to, you know, I really have to strategically do it. So I use a green smoothie for sure, opening my window with a green smoothie. See, a green smoothie, I would have a crash after that. If I had a green would smoothie you? at the beginning, yes. And I found out from Zoe when I did the Zoe study, which did not surprise me that I have poor blood sugar control. When I was a little girl, I knew it. Like I, if someone offered me a cookie on an empty stomach, I would be like, no, because I even knew as a child that it would make me crash. Like I didn't, couldn't tell you what it was, but I oh, knew it would wow. make me feel yeah. shaky and not good. Mm-hmm. So I didn't eat a lot of sweets when I was little because I just could tell. Like my blood sugar response is not good and my fat clearance is not good. <laughs> All those things working against me. But, you know, you're getting in those nutrients through the smoothie and you must have fabulous blood sugar control. Historically, I struggled a little bit. Back when I was really started to put on the weight and was under a lot of stress. But that makes sense because stress, you know, you activate your cortisol. And <laughs> so you're going to have higher blood sugar. But... I feel good. See, I go. I just go by how I feel. I feel great when I have a green smoothie. Well, for me, I think it's insulin overactive. If I really think about what's happening in the body, so probably when when it's it's called you know poor blood sugar control. For me, it's probably overactive insulin, which is part of the reason why I was obese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And that makes my blood sugar crash. Right. But you don't have that crash. No. No. No, I feel very energized and, and, and ready to, you know, eat through my window, <laughs> which I do. This is just an, another example of bioindividuality, also know, a word that Institute for Integrative Nutrition really focuses on because we are all different and yes. you are learning to listen to your body. And like for me, I could eat all the chips and cookies in the world and my body would never have an off switch. Okay. For that, just because I don't have any type of appetite correction with that. But of course, I don't start with that because I know it's not good and I'm not going to feel well if I start with that. Right, right. But it's all the matter of figuring out what, how your windows should be structured. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that intermittent fasting will work for most people. It's just not, and I call it a rhythm. You have to find your own rhythm and, and your rhythm changes. Even within the fasting experience, your window changes. You know, I used to have a longer window and now I have a shorter one and I feel so much better with a short window. That's so interesting. So tell tell us a little bit about that. When you say it was longer, like you started with like 11 to 7, is that mm-hmm, what you mean? Mm-hmm. You started with an eight-hour window and now it's shorter? Right. What right. does it look so like now, now? So now it's anywhere from two to four hours. I, I can be super flexible. Three is probably my sweet spot. Like I said, my issue is I fill up too quickly. I really can't eat over four or five or six hours. So I thought, well, why am I stretching it out? Why don't I just condense it? And that has made all the difference. I mean, my, I'm at my ideal weight. I wore, that's so funny. I do two intermittent fasting support groups for, for clients. And um, we, we always, I, I always laugh when we talk about this because I know the word is honesty pants or honesty, honesty clothing or whatever. But I can never come up with the word honesty. So I, I, the word that comes up is sanity. So I'm like, <laughs> so I call them my sanity pants. Well, there you go. That, that's the yeah. same kind of idea. I know. I know. But I, I had on my calendar to try them on next week. 
But last week I was like, what the heck? I'm going to just put these on and see. I wore them all day long. I could not, I just could not believe it. I was absolutely shocked. But I know you say your honesty pants or whatever it is, is something that maybe just fits. For me, that's that's the way I've, you know, I've got an honesty skort. It's like mm-hmm. a Lily Pulitzer skort, which I don't have actually wear out of the house because Chad hates Lily Pulitzer's pink pattern, all the patterns. So I can't wear it, but I got it at a consignment shop. It's like a size zero, no stretch. And if I'm having to tuck myself into it to zip it up, yeah. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, I'm on the fluffier side. Yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, I bought this a size smaller than I normally wear. And I was very happy to be able to fit into it. So it all worked. Yeah. It does feel good. It feels good. So how long did it take you to get from the upper end to what you're considering your ideal weight? I was still in 2019, I was still at a higher weight. So... I would say, and I cracked down with the window in 21, November, November of 21. And I would say probably uh, six months. Okay. So you were not losing weight like, like speedy, speedy. It was slow. No, but I didn't have that to lose. And, and I, I attribute that, uh, that that's why. I just didn't have that to lose. But you were not losing like a pound a week or anything like that. You were losing much slower than that. Much slower than that. Much slower than that. Anyway, I tell my clients a lot of times, I think the scale is a liar. True. Um, I think so so too. I know you've put yours away long ago. I just see the discouragement on women's faces and it's just so disheartening. And I myself don't really use it. I mean, I got on to see what I weighed for coming on this, but I generally don't weigh myself. I go by how I feel. I can get my arms down to they don't look like they're sticking out on the sides of my body. Um, I fit in my clothes. I've got my my ways of monitoring myself. For me, it's my waist measurement. Do you ever do you ever measure your waist? I, you know, I didn't do any of that. I yeah, I I did take pictures, but then I did a huge clean out in our house last summer, and I threw out the thing that I took my pictures in. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I bet I you're mean, sad just, that you did that, I mean, aren't you? Is. I know yeah. you should have seen me going through my closet. Like, where is it? Where is oh. it? Being able to buy a sm- size smaller pair of pants, that's pretty telling. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't, you know, stress about that. But it's all for me. It's how my clothes fit. Yeah. For me, I really do keep, keep an eye on my waist measurement. And I hadn't been doing it for a while. But, you know, at my very leanest, before I went through menopause, you know, when I was maintaining with intermittent fasting for a few years, and, you know, I had a certain waist measurement that I maintained. And it was mm-hmm. pretty much always around there. Then I went through menopause. And the menopausal transition over about a, probably a two-year period, I went up about an inch in my waist. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, no big deal. You know, my clothes all still fit. My honesty pants fit. It's not a problem. Well, this summer when we moved and I had really long, relaxed windows, I, I measured my waist at the probably end of July and I was up another inch, two from where I had gotten. So I'm like, okay, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I tightened things up and I also started hormone replacement therapy um, not too long after that. And I'm delighted to say uh, that inch is gone. Oh, good. good. <laughs> but I'm back to, I mean, my waist is a little bigger than it was pre-menopause, but 
I'm not going to sweat that because mm-hmm. our bodies change a lot mm-hmm. for oh, the menopausal yeah. transition. I'm not yeah. going to fight it. Right. So what's your window right now? Well, you know, I went when I when I moved here, when we moved to the beach and I was having, you know, a little more relaxed, more alcohol, earlier opening, more eating out. It was kind of loosey-goosey. Then, so I was like, okay, for the month of August, I'm going to wait till five to open my window because that's what I did when I was a teacher. You know, I would go to work, Mm -hmm. I would teach all day, come home, open my window. And that was when I got down to my leanest was when I was still teaching. And I just didn't eat till after I got home. And so I I did for the month of August into September, I was waiting till five. And then I was like, all right, I'm tired of doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now it's back. It's still not loosey goosey, but the days are shorter now. It's fall. By the time this comes out, it'll be December. But right now it's fall. It's the beginning of October. And so it's getting dark earlier. And I find my window naturally shifts a little earlier when we have less daylight. I mean, I don't like say eating after dark is bad for you, but naturally, I feel like eating earlier. I don't know. <laughs> Something yeah. to that sunlight thing. I don't have to force myself to change it. It just naturally happens. So um, 3, 3.30, 4 o'clock, somewhere around in there, depending on how busy I am, mm-hmm. is when I'm opening. Mm-hmm. And then I don't keep it open late. I just you know, stop eating the only thing that mainly keeps my window open later is if I'm having wine. Yes. Yeah. And so I've really cut back on that. Like I haven't been drinking hardly at all. And I'm sleeping yeah. so great. The hormone replacement therapy, yeah. I'm sleeping fabulously. Good. And probably my window is probably about three to four hours like yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I had to count it. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Well, it's a different for everybody, but it's it's flexible. I mean, I just love that if we are going out, tomorrow's our anniversary. So oh, happy anniversary. Thank you. 37 years with this man. Wow. And um, and he's actually leaving for, for Hilton Head tomorrow for a, oh. a golf trip. <laughs> happy anniversary. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> he did run it past me before. Oh, uh, yeah. It. I mean, when 37 years, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every yeah, day's a celebration, know. honey. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So we're going to go out to eat tonight. And it might be later. And that's all fine. Yeah. There's no, oh, it's just so freeing. There's no angst and no, oh, what am I going to eat there? And, and I eat, I eat grain free because Mm -hmm. of autoimmune. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And in 2015, I stopped eating refined sugar. Uh, I get a little bit of it now, but not much at all. With the fasting, I allow myself a little bit of grain. I keep gluten-free for sure, but I allow myself some rice and some corn every now and then. And I just, like I said, I haven't had my labs done yet, so maybe I'll think differently after I do. But I just really feel like the fasting is covering over a lot of uh, the issues that I've had. And I'm, I just feel so good. I can't believe well, see, that's that things huge. If you're feeling good, yeah. that's a, that is a great sign. You yes. know? Your yeah. body lets you know if there's something Exactly. Going wrong. Like you said before, when you were doing fasting back in 2011, you didn't feel good. Oh, I felt awful. Awful. And and your gut started to suffer. And so that was a big sign that what you were doing then was not working for your body. You could feel it. I I think we have a lot of innate wisdom. We know. Yes. 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 We just have to listen. That's right. And some people are better listeners. Well, fasting, I think, helps reconnect you with that. I mean, how long have I been talking on this podcast about wine doesn't work very well for me, and yet I'm still drinking wine? Yeah. I mean, you know, 2019 <laughs> is when I had that aha moment. That was also yeah. 
right in the menopausal transition. But, you know, it's taken me a long time for certain things mm-hmm. to really be like, okay, body, thank you. I get it mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And I'm open to that as I age, not things may change diff- in a different direction. I may have to alter things or, you know, make accommodations in, in my fasting. And But I honestly think this is a lifestyle and it, it is a lifestyle, but I think it's a it's a long-term thing. It's not, I went on an intermittent fasting, quote, diet, if you would say. I imagine you know, I doing this. Say. <laughs> I feel like I, you wouldn't say, but I, I picture myself in like the retirement facility being like, no, I only eat one meal a day or, you know. <laughs> it's true. Me too. Between that and my, my Invisalign, I did Invisalign this year and I laugh and I say, you know, you have to wear the trays now the rest of your life at night. And I can see myself in the, the, uh, you know, nursing home or whatever, like, where are my, where are my trays? I need to put them in at night. And I'm 95 years old. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, I can't imagine ever stopping either for any no. reason. And no. it's, it's because it feels so good to do it. It does. It makes me smile. It yeah. feels so good. And I wish I could just like bottle it for people who are kind of naysayers or coming into it just very cautious. And I just want to say, look, you'll experience a freedom you've never experienced before with your eating. I wanted to share something. It's a quote that I got I, I just today. This is the, the guy's name is Brendan Burchard. I don't know anything about him, but I saw this quote. I found it on Instagram. And this really makes me think about intermittent fasting. And what you were just saying made me think of this. It says, first, it's an intention. Then it's a behavior. Then it's a habit. Then a practice. Then it's second nature. Then it's simply who you are. I mean, doesn't that sound yeah, like fasting? It does. You know, you started off, you're in, you had the intention. Right. I'm going to do this. You know, and everybody listening, you, you might be at that stage. Maybe you have, mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, this op- episode comes out right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So probably people will be like, okay, after the holidays, I got, well, actually you could start tomorrow. Yes. You could start today yes. as soon as you have your last meal. You don't have to wait. Then you'll feel better all through Christmas. But, yes. you know, first have that intention, then the behavior then it becomes a habit, then it's your practice, then it's second nature, then it's simply who you are. So you and I, Renee, are both mm-hmm. at the, it's simply who you are mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you know. <laughs> yeah. And I would say that whole progression is not hard. This is, and the women that I work with, if they tell me it's hard, I say, then I don't think you're doing it right. If it's hard, it's not hard. Well, you know what it, I say, tweak it till it's easy. Yes, yes, I like that. And I say, tweak it till it works. So I did hear you, I've heard you say that, but I say tweak it till it works because if it's not working, then, because usually with women, I start out like, let's look at your window. What is your window? Now, can you can you kind of crunch your window a little bit? You know, can you bring it in a little bit? And if they're stalling out, I'm like, all right, now we need to look at what's in your window. Because if it's just McDonald's and Burger King That's or why. whatever, yeah. then it's going to be rough. And it's not, it may show, not show up in your physique, but it sure will on your, your internal organs. So, so, so yeah, mine is tweak it till it's easy because it should be easy. It should be joyful. Uh-huh. I agree with that. 
it should be joyful. And if, if someone is white knuckling it and struggling every day, you haven't found the right timing, window length, or right foods. Right. I mean, that's really all right. you got. Yeah. You can work on the timing, the length, and what you're eating in it. And by tweaking those things, I mean, you've got the power. Yeah. Now, of course, there are a lot of people who are like, yeah, but I don't want to tweak what I'm eating because you promised me I could delay and not deny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but even in Delay, Don't Deny, which I wrote in 2016, I talk about food that right. <laughs> it does right. make I know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. For somebody who has never denied themselves anything, when they hear don't deny, it's like, well, then I can have everything. But really the intention in that is, yes, if you want it, have it. But then I always back that up with, but you need to nourish your body. Well, like you said, eat, eat the dang cheeseburger. Eat the dang cheeseburger. Right. I mean, your body's going to, it speaks to you all the time and it'll tell you, you won't feel good if you're eating a bunch of crap all day long. Most people, I would say, if you're listening, paying attention to the full, being full or being hungry, then you're going to have this thing for sure. And your body responds to your hunger and satiety signals better when you're putting nutritious foods in there. Mm-hmm. And like like you said, start out with them. You're starting out with a green smoothie. For me, it might look like a daily harvest bowl. Right. Whatever it is for you mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. going to keep you full and satisfied with nutritious foods. And then you can add in other things. Yes, yes, yes. Sometimes I have to think of my smoothie like it's a prescription. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> because yeah. you can get a little tired of it. But it gives me what I need. And then I know that I'm I'm not good to go. I mean, I get other vegetables then throughout my window. and uh, But I sure enjoy my food. That is the thing. I just so enjoy my food. In fact, a friend of mine, she wanted to, somebody said to her, well, you're just starving yourself if you're, if you're fasting, if you're intermittent fasting. And she said, no. She said, the person who I saw intermittent fasting, and it was me, she ate two cheeseburgers and like not from like a fast food, like a big, the big, she ate two cheeseburgers. So at one time, so for me, that's huge, you know. You know, I would like to think about starving yourself. I mean, someone who's eating the standard American diet and, and eating lots and lots of empty calories, they are literally starving themselves. Like I think of myself in 2014 when I was eating the standard American diet and I weighed 214, I mean, 210 pounds at that time in 2014, my body was probably starved for nutrition. Right. But you wouldn't think I was starving by looking at me. (laughs) You're talking too about that acronym, SOPHIE. You could be skinny on the outside, fat on the inside. And that just speaks to damage that's being done on the inside of your body you can look great on the outside, but really be very, very sick. And the only way to prevent that is to eat nutritious food and get give your body what it needs. That is not just, you know, a saying from Hippocrates that he just said. It's true. The more we learn about food, the more we learn about the body, the gut, everything we learn about the body, food really is medicine. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You know, you know that with your work with autoimmune mm-hmm. conditions, mm-hmm. that a lot of, of the way people feel, yourself, your daughter, your, your clients, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. food makes a difference. Yeah. You know, and as I look back, uh, because before I was a coach, I was a mental health nurse for so many years, and I just look back even there and I think, oh, my goodness. So much could be addressed with food and things you're eating and things you shouldn't be eating. And uh, yeah, yeah. But I say when I say shouldn't, you know, that's a word that I in my practice is like, we don't use shouldn't. It's condemning. I just always have to go back to the freedom of intermittent fasting. That is what is the spark for me. And the women in my support groups, they're like, food doesn't rule me anymore. I mean, people are liberated by intermittent fasting and their countenance is so, they're so happy and they're so appreciative and joy filled because there's a mastery here. They're not being controlled by their hunger or the latest ad or the signs in the windows of of restaurants and fast food. They're not controlled by that anymore. Because yeah, they know they can powerful. have something if they want it. That's right. You just have to delay it. Yes. Your eating window. And if you really want it, you can have it. You yeah. know, if there's there are donuts in the break room at work and you really want to have those donuts, save yes. the donut. Have yes. it later. I wouldn't that, open my window with that donut. I would feel awful if I started with a donut. I would have yeah. a huge crash. But have it later. Probably by the time you've eaten your your delicious dinner full of nutrients mm-hmm. that, that you yeah. love and enjoy, that donut's going to lose its appeal. Yeah. You might yeah. take one bite and be like, oh. <laughs> right. Or yeah. I mean, that has happened where I've eaten something. I'm like, gosh, it doesn't taste as good as I thought it would. Oh, definitely. But that is when you can give that to people, what you have given and like fast Feast repeat, feast repeat was a very instrumental for me. And when, you know, when you asked what was, what really happened in 2011 with my health and I did it wrong, because you say, if you fast, you must feast. So, but I wasn't, that was, that was what turned it sideways. I did not feast ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Ever. that's very common with women who have mm-hmm. dabbled in intermittent fasting and didn't understand it. And so there's so many people out there who are like, oh, no, intermittent fasting is not good for women's bodies. It, I tried it. It was 
you know, starvation diet, but that's not how you're really supposed to do it. Right. You're not, it's not fast diet, repeat. The feast part is important. And it is. that doesn't mean we have to consume massive amounts of calories and force yourself to be overly full. You don't want to do that mm-hmm. either, mm-hmm. but you must nourish your body well. You must provide the nutrients your body needs. You know, I really believe our bodies don't count calories, they count nutrients. The phrase I really like is overfed and undernourished. You know, when I was 210 pounds, I was clearly overfed, but I was also undernourished. And that's also why I think I had the signal to keep eating all the time because my body is like, these are not nutrients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I need more food. Yeah. And, and you kept sending down the wrong thing and so you're always right. hungry. But when I eat highly nutritious foods, mm-hmm. when I open my window with a daily harvest bowl, I'm not right. that's not just a commercial for me because I was using them before. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just, mm-hmm. you know, had them on the show, but I'm full. Yeah. And it's so many nutrients like you and your green smoothie. Right, right, right. So you were probably leptin resistant, I would think. Oh, I'm sure. I had all yeah. the resistance. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of resistance. <laughs> I had all of it. Insulin resistance, leptin resistance. Yeah. Certainly. Because all those years prior to 2014, I was trying to also do intuitive eating. And they told you in the intuitive eating community, eat the foods that you want with no judgment. If that's mm-hmm. a Twinkie, it's a Twinkie, Right. And ask yourself if you're hungry. If the answer is yes, you can eat. Well, when I asked myself if I was hungry, the answer was always yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. I do a combination of of intermittent fasting and intuitive eating, though. I believe it's powerful. I think it's a good marriage. Me too. I was never intuitive until intermittent fasting. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I first went to the short window, I mean, I was just, I was putting it in. Because I'm, I'm starving, you know, which I love the appetite correction. I mean, in my little communities and with my good, good friend Stacy, we are we're always like, "Thank you, appetite correction." Yep. <laughs> or <laughs> thank or, you, autophagy. <laughs> darn it, appetite correction. We're really <laughs> looking forward to something. You know, yeah. the other night, Chad was like, "Can we have a smoothie?" I'm like, "I'm too full, <laughs> too full oh. for a smoothie. Not tonight. We're not having a smoothie." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm like, well, you can have whatever you want, but I'm not making a smoothie tonight because I'm full. But the sound of it sounded good, but I just couldn't do it. Yeah. 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 I do fill up pretty quick. Yeah. With fasting. With the nutrients. That That's mm-hmm. that's what's so mm-hmm. great. Now, you were do- you were a health coach prior to intermittent fasting. Is that right? Or did you start health uh, coaching No. After? Okay. Uh, after. Okay. After. Yeah. I became a health coach between my first time and this time. Okay. Because I just was wondering mm-hmm. how intermittent fasting changed your health coaching practice, but you were not really health coaching prior to intermittent fasting. No, I started my, I retired from nursing in, in December, end of December, 2016 and opened my practice in January of 2017. So, so yeah, prior. A little bit, just a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it really wasn't on my radar because of my experience in 2011. I was like, well, I'm not telling anyone to do that. That was horrible. I so got when you so first sick. started health coaching, you were not using intermittent fasting. No, no, okay. no. I came back to it about mid 2020. Okay. And so that changed everything in your health coaching practice then. It did because I knew nothing about autophagy. Oh, I yeah. had no clue that this would be a health program. And to be able to offer that to people is so, it's, for a coach, it's very empowering. 
I love walking aside, alongside women who are willing to, to do the fasting. I mean, I'll work with women who want to try other things, but in the back of my mind, I think, I think we're going to come back to fasting. <laughs> well, I think, you know, people are not all ready for it at the same I know, time. So I, know. I think, you know, you plant that seed yeah. and say, you know, I'll help you with that when you're ready. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, even if someone just starts off with 12-12. Absolutely. You know, if they were yeah. doing... 816 and I say 816 instead of 168 because if we're eating you know from the time we wake up till the time we go to bed that could be yeah. 8 hours right. of fasting and that's all so going from 816 to 1212 that's four more hours right right so every little bit helps and yes. planting that seed you don't start off with them changing their diet right off from the beginning you work that in as you go i feel like i've got the golden ticket I kind of, you know, I want to find out where they are. And there's all the, the ancillary things because I think that women who have struggled with weight, even women like myself who didn't have a lot of weight to lose, there is a little bit of trauma associated with that. And if you introduce a new way of losing weight, the trauma part of the situation says, oh no, not something out, something new, now this. So, you know, I just want to know where they've been and and I do, Jen, I, I do talk about, could you just stop eating after dinner? You know, let's just do that. And I don't paint the whole big picture up front. Like, this is going to be awesome. And you're going to eat, you know. You're going to you have a three-hour window. You're going to have a, yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, they say you shouldn't eat after after dinner. Do you think you could just stop eating after dinner and give that a try till we come together again? The success that people have with that is 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 great. And then they're hungry for a little bit more. Right. I love that. But it's very, very true. You start off with the small steps and feeling like you can do it. You're absolutely right yeah. that there is a lot of trauma associated with past diets, especially if you've done something oh, yeah. crazy. Mm -hmm. you know, that's really how I was feeling. You know, all those, the, the HCG diet and the diet pills and all those things I tried. Mm -hmm. why, that's why I gave up. Mm -hmm. for those years. And I was like, yeah. I, this is too hard. I just can't, I, I can't diet ever again. Yeah. All the things that women try and even the surgeries. I have a lot of clients who have had gastric bypass or they've done a balloon or even, you know, a balloon not being as, as invasive and that kind of thing, but they have the trauma of having been overweight, lost some weight, and now they're sitting across from me and they've gained it back plus some. And that has to be, there's a, there's a grief in that. This is where my mental health nursing, I think, really comes in is let's sit with that for just a little bit and pull it apart. They're grieving and they're disappointed and they feel like failures. And I know that I, I, I just can picture them at a place where they're going to be stepping into this freedom where they're going to say like other women, food doesn't rule me anymore. It's lost its power. That just gave me goosebumps I because know. it's true. And, you know, if someone had told me back in 2014, if they just said one day you're going to not be eating a lot of fast food and you're going to be eating kale and you're going to be yeah. eating in four hours and that's it. I would have been like, oh my God, no, what? No, uh-uh. Give me all the burgers. Give me all the fast food. I, but yeah. but I'm, I'm totally transformed. And it does feel like yeah. with the freedom comes the, the power to say, yeah, I don't really want that. 
Yeah. And with the freedom comes the power to say, ooh, I'll take a second serving. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know? It's true. That tasted good, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or I don't have to eat the rest of this because I'm full now. Yes, yes. You know what I tried doing? Let's see, this is October. Maybe it was in the sometime in the summer. I tried doing alternate day. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know why I didn't like it? I was like, you mean every other day I'm going to have to think about food three times a day at least? Oh, I think it was horrible. I did not like that at all. I love not having to think about it. I'm the same exact way. And so for me, I mean, I've eaten every day since 2016. Alternate day fasting is a powerful IF strategy for someone who is having trouble losing weight with a daily eating window, if someone has been obese for a long time, if they've done a lot of dieting and slowed their metabolism, if they have the idea that they're probably severely insulin resistant, alternate daily fasting is a fabulous protocol. Mm -hmm. But you're right, the up days, the up days are the struggle. And that's the part yeah. that's so hard to believe because, you know, we used to yeah, eat like, all Did day. I just say that, that that's uh-huh. the struggle? The yeah. up day is mm-hmm. the struggle. Mm-hmm. After mm-hmm. you've had the freedom of like, well, I don't have to fool with anything until later. Right. Well, and for me, when, when my daughter was newly diagnosed, everything, and we weren't using medications, everything was around food and supplementation. Right. And I can remember she was just so wise, even as a, a little girl, but she's 25 now. I remember us having conversations like, I'm just so sick of thinking about food. Right. I wish I could just take a pill and I wouldn't have to eat because at the beginning, we didn't know what to feed her for gluten-free necessarily. And my husband was, we if we had any more grilled meat, I think she and I were just going to throw Bless his heart. He was trying to help, but we were like, it was a very bare bones diet. And we just got, he just, I just got sick of thinking about food. And this has been fantastic. Then I, you know, I only have to think about food for a couple hours a day and then I can go about doing all the other things I love to do. I love it. Well, Mm -hmm. we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Well, that's easy. This is not a starvation diet. You have to feed yourself well, and you should be enjoying your food, but you have to eat. If you are going to fast, you must have food. You must feast uh, to some degree. I would hate to think of anyone going down the road I went in 2011, 2012. It was awful. Fasting should not be overly restrictive. Because right. your eating window should not be overly restricted. And that sounds like an oxymoron. It but does. But it's not. It's not. Completely. 100%. I get it. Well, Renee, how can people find you since you're a coach? I know people are probably listening and maybe struggling and thinking, you know, I think I need a little coaching. So I'm an oddity. I'm not on any social media. And I'm 59 years old. I'll be 60 in March. I'm probably not ever going to be on social media. But I do have a website, yourfoodfight.com. Okay. So it's fight, F-I-G-H-T, yourfoodfight.com. And I'm Renee at yourfoodfight.com. Renee, R-E-N-E-E. Okay. Yep. So people can find yep. you there. They sure can. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Renee, for telling your story and for the work that you're doing out there in the world with bringing intermittent fasting to women and helping us find the, the freedom that we all yeah. deserve. I thank you for the opportunity to share. And thank you for the books you've written, too, and the work that you're doing here, Jen. Fast Feast Repeat was 
very instrumental in my own life and I recommend it all the time. I'm so glad. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast, American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.